You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity for the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Ryan Lentz. I'm the director of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. Each month, our show brings you stories and perspectives that promote the social mission of the Catholic Church. We talk about themes of Catholic social teaching and various issues of life, justice, and peace that are impacting our communities, both here in the Archdiocese of Chicago and beyond. Uh, You're listening to us today on WNDZ 750 AM radio from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock on the first Wednesday of the month. Also online at radiotv.archchicago.org. Also want to let you know that you can check out our shows uh, wherever you find your podcasts by searching Catholic Chicago. Thanks for being with us uh, no matter how you're uh, listening to us. Uh, We're really excited for today's show. Uh, We are going to have kind of two parts to our program. For the first part, we're going to be talking about Catholic Relief Services. We are in the season of Lent, and CRS Rice Bowl is alive and well in so many of our Catholic communities around the Archdiocese. So we're going to feature a conversation uh, with Beth Kenobi, Olga Canellas, and Deacon Michael Fiquette that we'll get to in just a moment. The second half of the program, uh, John Fitzpatrick from our office is going to join us, and we're going to be speaking to Christopher West about uh, a great program that's coming later this month in the Archdiocese called Made for More. Uh, so please listen to us uh, for throughout the hour uh, ahead. Uh, we're going to start with a, a conversation about Catholic Relief Services, and I think Mike has that ready to go. So please uh, listen uh, ahead. Well, on Fully Alive this morning, we're delighted to have uh, a couple of very special guests with us in connection with Catholic Relief Services. So uh, we have Olga Canellis with us from uh, CRS in Honduras. Good morning, Olga. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, yeah. And we also have uh, with us uh, Beth Kenobi, who works with us uh, in CRS here in Chicago. Good morning, Beth. Good morning. Thank you for having us today. And also we have Deacon Michael Fichetti, who is a deacon um, at St. Gerald Parish in Oak Lawn, um, who serves as a CRS uh, Global Fellow uh, in the Archdiocese. Good morning, Deacon yeah, Michael. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So it's, it's just a delight to be with you all um, and to talk a little bit about Catholic Relief Services. We are here in the season of Lent, and obviously rice bowl season is on and is, is happening around the Archdiocese, which is very exciting. Um, Olga, I know you've had a chance to talk to some uh, other radio programs that might have aired previously, um, but for those who haven't had a chance to hear a little bit about you, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about the work that you do for CRS in Honduras. Yes, of course. I am really happy to be here and uh, I am really happy to be sharing one of the stories that is featured in the CRS Rice Bowl. And uh, it's really exciting because it's, as we are in this time, uh, as we go through Lent, uh, we can uh, think and reflect on stories of hope. And I am 
telling everybody I've been visiting different places and I am sharing with them the story of one girl that I have met in Honduras and her name is Mariana and she is this sweet little <laughs> child. Um, she's 16 years old and she is one of participant of the program I work for in Honduras and uh, she has been benefited by school feeding program that we are promoting as Catholic Relief Services in my country. And uh, we're, I am so excited to share with you uh, her story because as a program, we are providing the school meals, but mostly we want kids to come to school and they, they can learn and they can improve their lives and their families' lives and the community's lives. So I am really excited because Chi it's, has complete his primary school now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really uh, exciting for us and really important for her and her family. And that's thanks to, you know, in a big part to all the work that we are doing at Sierra's Honduras. Great, great. Yeah. So yeah, it's really exciting. Honduras is one of the, the featured countries, and as you mentioned, is it Maria Ana? Is that her Mariana. name? Mariana. Um, is is one of the one of the stories that's really featured. And I know that there are two other girls that are featured uh, in two other countries. Um, Beth, can you remind me that? The sure. Two? The other two countries are Vietnam mm-hmm. and Kenya. Mm. And so throughout the season of Lent, for um, people that are participating in CRS Rice Bowl and reading the stories that come in the calendar perhaps uh, watching the videos of the stories on uh, stories of hope online at crsricebowl.org. You'll, you'll hear the stories uh, from these three girls telling about uh, what life is like at home, what kind of meals they eat, what they're learning in school, and how their lives are being improved through the support um, of the programs that we offer through Catholic Relief Services. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and as, uh, as has been the case in previous years, um, you know, this is a family formation program, right? right. It's, it's something that's, that's appropriate for kids. And so you have lesson plans from what, grade one all the way through, through high school through, and, and, and for adults as well. I mean, it's something that, uh, that can really easily be incorporated into, into lesson plans at schools, into religious education programs. But it's also a great thing for families to do together too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think one of the great tools that is part of CRS Rice Bowl is is that little calendar insert. Mm. Um, And every day there is either uh, a piece of scripture to reflect on, maybe a question to think about, um, maybe some encouragement to look at the the things around your home and find a way to um, give alms uh, through the things that you find in your home. I think one of the questions I was looking at on the calendar just now is talking about different foods and, and what's the most interesting food that you've ever tried. Mm. Um, and then to look in your refrigerator and in your cupboard and for every different type of food item in your home to put 25 cents in your in your almsgiving in that little cardboard box mm-hmm. um, as a collection that goes back to Catholic Relief Services at the end of Lent. That's great, yeah. Now, Deacon Michael, I know, um, as I mentioned, you're a global fellow. I know you had a chance to travel with CRS last year and have since been able to bring the story of, of you know, that experience uh, to lots of communities around Chicago. Um, I guess, you know, when you think about kind of the importance of of being connected to CRS and, and that being such an important expression of our of our Catholic faith around the world, like what, I guess, what kind of most animates you or excites you about that? 
Well, I think, you know, having an opportunity, in my case, I was in Uganda, mm-hmm. and that was a life-transforming experience for me. And my hope has been, since that, that trip and experience, to bring back the connection that we have, that we're all in solidarity as brothers and sisters around the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy for us uh, as Catholics to be only aware of our own parishes and our communities where we live and that we we often don't realize the connection that we have with those around the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that connection, what I've tried to do in the stories that I've shared is to make that connection between the local and the global. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what CRS is doing, in fact, uh, with its program. And as as you know, we have an opportunity for those in our local communities to receive funding, a percentage of the funding that is received for for the program in general that goes back into our communities into grant recipients that uh, are in need in our own city here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so that's a beautiful way not only to educate our community members here, but to make connections to the solidarity that we have with our brothers and sisters around the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that one of the things that CRS does so well, especially in Rice Bowl, is, is connecting it with the themes of Catholic social teaching and, and, and presenting those in a very practical way. And and as you said, this this notion of solidarity, again, it can be a very big word and can maybe be a little intimidating at first, but when you realize it's really just about being in right relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Right relationship mm-hmm. with, with, with creation, right relationship with God, right relationship with, with one another. And that um, in our interconnected world, right, you know, the, you know, we're so deeply connected with one another. Um, and, and, and yeah, like the, you know, I think that the, the grants program is a, is a great way to just reinforce that with 25% of our, of our funds staying here in the archdiocese. Um, I'm so excited that we were able to, to fund 46 programs from around the archdiocese uh, this past year, giving out close to $100,000 in, um, in grant money. Um, and we, we just recently had a chance to, to sit down with a number of those grantees. Um, I wonder for the three of you, you know, as we were kind of hearing some of the stories and some of the, the impact of, of those funds, like what, what kind of stood out to you all? Um, well, for me, uh, as I work in, well, I'm learning a lot here about the, this other side of CRS and the work we are doing here. Um, so it was really exciting to hear that they are, we are also providing food here mm-hmm. in the U.S. and we are, we are providing people with one meal every week or two meals every week and that was really exciting for me because it's the same work that I am doing in my country mm-hmm. and we are making a huge impact inside the U.S. and also um, over a hundred countries in, in the world. So it was really excited to hear that there's people who's doing the same thing I am doing in Honduras. Mm, that's yeah. great. That's great. How about you, Beth? Um, you know, I had a chance to, to sit with some of the staff members from the Quinn Center at St. Eulalia Parish mm-hmm. in Maywood. And they were they were sharing with with our table that that Maywood is a food desert, mm. um, and you know, and I I was reflecting on on the stories that Olga shared from Honduras of of all these children who are served through CRS's food for education program, and often the meal that they receive at school is the only meal they they serve during the day. And you know, when I think about hunger, I, I think of those types of stories that Olga shared. But then to sit with the staff from from St. Eulalia's and from the Quinn Center and to hear them talk about 
how far a family in Maywood has to drive or take the bus just to get to the grocery store. Um, and, and they mentioned two distinct zip codes in kind of that, that far um, western side of the, of the city into Maywood that do not have a single grocery store within the entire zip code area. Mm-hmm. And, and that was simply unimaginable to me. Um, I live on the north side of Chicago. Maywood is not all that far. I'm probably only 30 or 40 minutes from Maywood. And, and to imagine that there are families right here in my own neighborhood who, who wonder where their next meal is coming from because the easiest access they may have is, is the corner store. Mm-hmm. Um, but fresh produce, um, you know, a, a wide variety of canned goods or boxed goods, um, is quite a distance away, and, and what a great service that, that the Quinn Center at St. Eulalia is providing um, in their food pantry, in their nutrition education programs, in their youth mentoring programs, um, to really be a, a sustainable source of, of food security um, in the Maywood neighborhood. And Deacon Michael, I know actually one of your former colleagues from Lewis University also kind of is looking at creative ways to address this issue of, of how do we um, address the, the issues of food insecurity in our community and, and how to connect people with more healthy food. Right. And so uh, Sean, Sean Ruain, who's a director of development at Just Roots, uh, was one of the uh, initial or, or, or he's a young recipient of, of the funding that we provide through uh, CRS. And there were a number at my table that came uh, to our recent meeting who have received money and are hoping that by having this seed funding that this will help them continue to do the great work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And what he was explaining too, and coincidentally, uh, Deacon uh, Coleman, who works with Zacchaeus House, Sean's group is now going to be working with St. James Parish, which is where he's a deacon at, to help provide a a farming uh, environment, not only to provide necessary food, but also to educate the community members and the young in the parish Mm -hmm. to to help them understand uh, how they can help themselves. And so there's this idea where they can help themselves and help the community members that they're uh, living around and with. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a win-win situation for everyone. So it was really great to see those connections being made and hopefully uh, for years to come. Yeah, yeah. I think what was really gratifying to have that many people in the room and so many different programs from so many different sectors and, and so many different parts of our, our archdiocese is you just see like kind of the rich tapestry that this collective group represents. You know, you have people who are who are really responding just to those immediate needs, you know, someone who, who needs a place to stay tonight, someone who needs a meal right now because they haven't, they haven't had a, you know, a, 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 you know, a nourishing meal all day. Um, but we, we have these other examples, as you're saying, uh, Deacon Michael, of, you know, we're, we're looking at how do we deepen relationships? Um, how, do we, how do we strengthen the fabric of our communities? And, you know, some of the organizations, too, are really looking at root causes of, of injustice. They're, they're addressing issues like violence, um, economic inequalities, um, gaps in our education system that, that exacerbate these issues, right? And so, um, so it's just a, it was really gratifying, I think, to, to be able to see that many people that are so dedicated to this work of, of peace and justice, um, you know, through the through and the, the CRS Rice Bowl creates the, the means through which to, to bring that all together. So um, just very, very rewarding to see that. Um, 
Olga, I'm wondering, you know, I know you've had a chance through your role as a, as a global ambassador to visit different places in the United States and to even do a little bit of advocacy work. Um, you know, I guess what, what's kind of stood out to you in this, in this most recent visit to the U.S. in terms of, you know, connecting issues that you see at home or, or just things that uh, ways in which you, you see CRS um, kind of furthering this work of solidarity throughout the world? Well, I have been um, really happy to see how committed is people to to give and uh, how a lot of Hispanos are, are here and uh, how we are thinking of our brothers and sisters and uh, all the work that CRS is promoting and how many people knows about it. Uh, I am really impressed and and also we are working in church, but we are also working to make laws. I had the opportunity to go to Washington and speak with several people and uh, do some advocacy for the work we are doing in development. And that was really impressive that I can work, uh, that we are promoting things that are our values as Catholic um, in the daily basis. So I'm really impressed because I was not um, aware of so such a big commitment that people has here. And everybody is so welcoming. <laughs> so I'm really happy that people is working and uh, I am working in my country too. So it's really nice to see how we all connected and how we are all looking for the same goal of uh, human. We've arrived at our first break, so please stay with us as we continue our conversation with Beth Kenobi, Olga Canellis, and Deacon Michael Fakete. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I am Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating and may God bless you and your families. Shurin Begora, the 17th Annual Catholic Charities St. Patrick's Day Celebration is the place to be on Thursday, March 12th. Join us from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. at Fitzgerald's on Roosevelt Road in Berwyn. Irish music and dancing, a live auction, a grand raffle, and traditional Irish food and drink are all awaiting you. This fun celebration benefits the New Hope Housing Programs, making permanent housing and self-sufficiency a reality for homeless families. A limited number of sponsorships are still available. Get out your green gear and support Catholic Charities West Regional Services at this happy time of year. For more information, go to www.catholiccharities.net slash St. Pat's 
or call 708-329-4022. That's www.catholiccharities.net slash St. Pat's or call 708-329-4022. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day while giving kids the tools they need to build brighter futures. Hi, I'm Mark Schmelzer from Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. Support Mercy Home's March for Kids this month. You can provide kids in crisis with a safe home, healing from trauma, life skills, good education, and career development that will help them become successful, independent adults. Donate today at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Any gift made throughout the month of March will be matched by a generous donor, so your support goes twice as far to help kids when you give through Mercy Homes March for Kids. Donate today or learn more about other ways that you can play a part at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Thank you for your support. Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity for the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Ryan Lentz. Let's return now to our conversation about Catholic Relief Services featuring Olga Canellas, Beth Kenobi, and Deacon Michael Fichette. Olga, one thing that you mentioned uh, as we were getting ready to go to break just a couple minutes ago was that you've had a chance to do a couple of legislative advocacy visits um, of late. And I know that uh, one of the things you've been talking about uh, and that we've actually had a chance to do uh, here locally um, is promote the uh, Global Child Thrive Act. Do you want to talk a little bit about, um, or maybe you or Beth could talk a little bit about um, kind of how, um, you know, wh- how, we're, how we're promoting that and um, encouraging uh, vote in Congress soon? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so I know we've talked about this on, on your program before and other programs before, but um, our staff at Catholic Relief Services is tracking this particular bill um, in both the House and the Senate very closely It's called the Global Child Thrive Act. It really seeks to integrate early childhood development activities into international child-focused programs. That's a mouthful. People probably wonder what that means. Um, I think for anyone who's familiar with universal preschool in the United States, um, the idea of early childhood development should sound really familiar. Um, ECD is is the acronym that we use. And it's really about giving children the opportunity to thrive and thrive through education um, by incorporating really simple techniques, reading, coloring, dancing, um, playing with bright objects, all of those things that we know help stimulate children's minds um, in order in order to thrive, that they might might grow up um, and be fully prepared to enter school, fully prepared to learn. Um, the challenge right now is that early childhood development techniques are not integrated into into international child-focused programs. Mm -hmm. So this particular um, piece of legislation would would direct the federal administration um, to require that early childhood development techniques are are integrated um, into international programs for children, which would really provide, um, you know, really some, some enhanced opportunities um, for the for the children like the ones who are served uh, by programs uh, through CRS around the world um, t- to not only receive uh, uh, food and education but the kind of education that really helps them um, uh, better themselves and, and have a, a more fulfilling life yeah 
Yeah. And I mean, as you mentioned these things, I mean, I think it's here in the United States, it's one of these things that I think a lot of us, you know, probably take a lot of this for granted, right? You know, I think about how, you know, both my boys, like I've been able to have them be like in a Montessori preschool and, you know, they have access to like all these things and you see how it just makes that learn, it makes a a learning environment so much more conducive to Mm -hmm. that ability to thrive. So Mm -hmm. really when we think about how, um, you know, the, the appropriations that we send to international poverty saving, you know, poverty reducing relief, um, you know, these things just help to make those investments go even farther, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. right, yeah. And I mean, Olga, I know you mentioned that um, part of, um, you know, a big part of the work that you do is working with children. Obviously, there's a nutrition aspect of it. But I guess what have been some other things that you've shared with elected officials and their staffs as, as you've talked about these important issues um, recently? Yeah, so we work with preschoolers mm-hmm. and, and we go through ninth grade. So we are also providing um, training so teachers can help or give better classes to the kids. And so this has been a really important part and in, our, in our program because not many kids go to school first and then it's really important for us too that they have the education and the good education, quality education that they need. So as a program, we are also training teachers so they can give better classes to students and some teaching techniques with, uh, so they can implement all these uh, components that Beth was talking about. And, uh, and then we can better prepare them to go to school, to primary education. So it's um, really nice to see how kids are actually coming first to school because of the school meal, I have to say that. Um, but then they are also receiving quality education and, and that's a lot thanks to, to the CRS work in Honduras. Great, yeah. great. And I think we, we saw that close to 50 co-sponsors, right, in the House mm-hmm. have, have signed on to the Global Child Thrive mm-hmm. Act. Um, only a couple from the state of Illinois, though. Right. So um, so we really have some work to do. And I would really mm-hmm. encourage all of our listeners um, to, uh, to, to to check out this, uh, this important uh, piece of legislation, to call your elected official and uh, encourage them to, to sign on their support. It's, it has a broad bipartisan support, so mm-hmm. um, that's something that's obviously very encouraging. Um, yeah. and, and we make it really simple for people to take action. You can mm-hmm. go to the CRS website. It's www.crs.org backslash lead the way. It's part of our lead the way campaign, crs.org backslash lead the way. You'll find an action button there and you just click on take action and it will take you directly to our website. Um, You just input your your name, your phone number and your zip code and it will help uh, connect you directly to um, the offices of, of both of your senators and your congressional representative and also provide you with some background information on all of the things that we're talking about today around the Global Child Thrive Act and, and really walk you through the steps of, of making a phone call or sending a letter and, and letting our elected officials know how, how important this legislation is and what a tremendous impact it will make for, for millions of children around the world. Great, great. So again, crs.org backslash lead the way. Check it out. Um, now, Deacon Michael, I know one of the things that you uh, have been more involved with through your capacity as a Global Fellow has been doing some legislative advocacy. Is that something that you did much of prior to uh, kind of entering into this this new ministry? 
In fact, it wasn't. Okay. Uh, but I, I think through through my training as a global fellow with CRS uh, for the last couple of years, uh, in the fall we have uh, uh, leadership meetings where we get together, and it's, it's for those uh, priests and deacons that have committed really their lives to promoting uh, Catholic social teaching mm-hmm. and and how we can live our faith in the world uh, actively. Uh, come together to kind of learn about the opportunities that exist for us to become more active. And one of the ways that we can do that uh, is through advocacy. And now that I've been in my second year, and I didn't do this my first year, and I kind of was kicking myself, but this past year, I, I committed myself to go to up on the Hill and to meet with my representatives in, in Congress and the Senate to talk about uh, the bill. And, you know, I was very nervous, uh, you know, I, uh, a lot of nervous energy, and I was prepared to do it, and CRS did a great job. But, you know, it wasn't until I got up there and did it, and when I was done, you know, I, I was able to look myself, uh, you know, look in the mirror, look at myself, and realize, why did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. It really wasn't that hard. But when you come to something passionately, and something that you believe in, and that's a part of who you are in, in this work, and uh, in, in promoting Catholic social teachings, and really speaking on behalf of many people that can't speak for themselves, our, mm. our brothers and sisters around the world. For me, it, it was it was a no-brainer once mm. I did it. And, you know, I'm proud to do it, but there's so much more to do. You know, we're in an election year, and no matter where you sit, I think we, we all can agree that, you know, as, as human beings, that we all have uh, basic human rights and, and human dignity to, to live and to thrive uh, whether we're talking about children or, or adults around the world. And, you know, that, that belief, I think, should, should drive us in making sure that our faith is, is active and is lived. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that I'm called to be out there in the world as best as I can, as God is leading me. Sometimes I don't know where that is, uh, but that's the beauty, I think, of our faith is that, you know, we believe in, in, in a person that has set an example to love the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought in kind of the, the just the reality that we are in an election year. And I think a lot of times, obviously, when we think about um, civic engagement um, as Catholics, you know, certainly we talk a lot about voting and participating in, you know, the, you know, things like the, you know, the primary coming up later this month. And, you know, we obviously have the general election coming up uh, in November. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently about the census and that that being an, an important way of participating in civic life, because we know that 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 census process has enormous repercussions on how resources are allocated in our in our in our country um, and in our neighborhoods. Um, but I think what what's interesting and, and helpful to hear you talk about, Deacon Michael, is the just the fact that, you know, oftentimes I, I think we many of us feel very separate and 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 kind of cut off from from this this process of of. Of government and um, and the work of our elected officials, and it can be easy to forget that they work for us, right? And and are, are called to represent us in in these halls of power. And so, um, it's, I think it's you know, as you were talking, it really resonated because it's been my own experience that the first couple times of doing visits, uh, either in Washington or even in in district visits, um, can be a little intimidating because you're kind of out of your element, and you know, there. I think part of it has to do with you feel like you're participating in something bigger than yourself, right? Because you're, you're, you know, this whole thing of, of speaking for those who have no voice, who can't be in that, in that space. Um, 
but I don't know about you. I, I just feel like, you know, um, once you get a taste of it, once you get a chance to, to practice a, a little bit, there's something very empowering about it. And and also just the, the opportunity that comes out of being able to build relationships with the congressional staff. So, Beth, I know you've had a chance to work with some of uh, the, the folks downstate that, you know, would you be willing to share a little bit about the example of Cheryl? Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, we have a wonderful partner in the Belleville Diocese yeah. in Southern yeah. Illinois. And and Cheryl is someone who has uh, attended our CRS advocacy training, mm-hmm. um, both the trainings that we have offered locally in the Belleville Diocese, but as well as some advanced uh, training in, in the Baltimore office and opportunities to visit with, with legislators on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., the Global Child Thrive Act is something that, that Cheryl is particularly passionate about. I mm-hmm. think because she has grandchildren, uh, you know, she has seen the importance of, of education and early childhood interventions in her own family. Um, and she really spent a lot of time with other Catholic leaders in her community, writing letters to their local representative, uh, who is Representative Mike Bost in Southern Illinois. Um, and, and I think very diligently continued to write letters, to call, to visit his office, um, you know, and, and ultimately Cheryl had a, had a chance to attend the Catholic Social Ministry Gathering. Mm-hmm. I know Ryan, you and others from your office and, and people from the Chicago area were there. Mm-hmm. And it was on that particular visit um, with the legislative aide in Representative Boss office just in January, maybe six weeks ago, um, that the legislative aide said, you know, we've we've really been listening to you. Um, we know how passionate you are about early childhood development and, and the international aid provided through Catholic Relief Services. Um, and Representative Bost uh, has decided to sign on as a co-sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the first representative from the state of Illinois to sign on as a mm-hmm. co-sponsor to the Global Child Thrive Act. And I know it is because of, of Cheryl and the leaders in the Diocese of Belleville um, who really took the time to establish a relationship um, with, with the representative's office um, who were consistently um, passionate, respectful, uh, listening, sharing the stories and information um, that CRS provides from around the world and how, how this type of legislation can really make an impact. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, Cheryl is, Cheryl is someone I point to often uh, as, as an advocate who is, who is passionate um, in really building, building a relationship with our members of Congress. Yeah, yeah. It's such a great story because I think it just kind of goes to show like the impact of, of one person. I mean, obviously Cheryl has, you know, done this in relationship with lots of people. Um, but, but, you know, through that, that diligence, through that persistence, um, you know, that's, that's a wonderful story. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um,